Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 16, and I do give honor to your pastor and his wife and family. Amen. Pastor and Sister Lichtel, aren't you blessed to have great leaders that have incredible vision? Amen. Doing great things in the kingdom. Amen. And, and right here in this local community, how many of you uh, know that the kingdom uh, will not be any imp impacted any greater outside than what we're willing to invest right where we're at? Amen. We, we can't pray for a global revival if we're not willing to invest in a local revival. Amen. And I'm thankful for a church that believes in reaching its community. Amen. Amen. And uh, Mark chapter 16 and beginning in verse 15, we're going to read. And I uh, want to say again, thank you for the hospitality, all that have just made this week, weekend so incredible for me and hospitable. Uh, the, the wonderful uh, house that they've given me to stay in and the vehicle that I have not crashed, thank God. Amen. And so far, everything is going well. I keep talking like that. Something's bound to happen, so I'm just going to leave that alone. Amen. But uh, also to be here with all of you wonderful people in the presence of God. And you guys get the gold star, blue ribbon, first place trophy for commitment. I woke up this morning. I was like, surely there's not going to be many people there today. And I pulled up, and the parking lot was full, and the house is full. I promise you back home, nobody would be in church today. I'm, I'm probably not even me, to be honest, all right? But uh, you guys get the gold star for dedication and commitment, amen. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, and Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Amen. How many of you are thankful for this powerful promise of God that is given to us right here in the scripture? Amen. And from this portion of scripture, I want to preach today for just a little bit on this thought, signs follow faith. Amen. Signs follow faith. The Lord bless you. You could be seated. This portion of scripture that we read today has been called the great commission. Amen. The catalyst for a movement that started with a sound from heaven in an upper room. Some 2000 years later, that same sound is still reverberating throughout the land today. And all of that started because of a great commission. The linchpin for the church to see revival was the call to go. Amen. Go into all the world. Go and preach the gospel. Go and baptize in the name. Go. Everybody shout go. go. It's only two letters, but it, it is a word that today sets things in motion. It is a word that sets the world in motion. The definition of the word go simply means to move or to proceed especially on or from something. And 2,000 years later, it is still the commission to the church, amen, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. The antonyms or the opposites of, the, of what it would mean to go would be to stay, amen, to stop. Words that are antonyms of going are words like apathy and inactivity and idleness, amen, among an array of other words that we could use today. The point is this, that you cannot stand still and go at the same time. Amen. Friday night, we talked about the tribe of Dan 
amen, that had been in a place of complacency, a place, amen, of, of inactivity, a place of, of feeling unappreciated and overlooked, but something got into the tribe of Dan. I believe, amen, even though it was an Old Testament statement, I believe it was that word go that in, got, got into the tribe of Dan, and they said, no, we're not going to stay here any longer, uh, amen, we're not going to be satisfied with dwelling in this place, it's not big enough for us, God has something greater that he wants to do, and so the tribe of Dan got up and they went, amen, I believe today, river of life, that somebody in this building is going to make up in their mind today, and you're going to get a go in your spirit, amen, you're going to leave the place that you've been dwelling in, maybe not physically, amen, maybe not, you're not moving to another community, but in your spirit, amen, you're realizing God has something more for me. I believe we should all feel that way. I don't ever want to get to a place that I think I've arrived. I don't ever want to get to a place that I think I've got everything there is to have in Jesus Christ. Uh, Amen. But I want to continue to grow and I want to continue to go. Somebody shout go. I felt this morning, Pastor Lichtel in prayer, we were earlier this week, we were talking about a word that I think we've both been feeling, I don't know how many hundreds of miles we are apart, but it's amazing how God can start speaking to different men about a common theme. And that word that I've been drumming into our leadership and our church this year is the word alignment. Amen. And Pastor Lichtel, he just started talking about it and it it kind of resonated within me. And and I I feel like this morning God gave me a, a definition for that word alignment and it's unity in motion. Amen. Alignment is unity in motion. Amen. A lot of people can be unified as long as they're not moving. And a lot of people can be moving but not unified. But alignment is when we move and we move in unity. How many of you believe that God is moving this church forward and we're not going to be divided in doing it, but we're going to be unity. Amen. We're going to be united in motion. We must be a going church. We cannot be a staying church, and we cannot be, in this hour, we cannot afford to be an idle church. How many of you realize today that every force in hell is aligned to stop the church? Amen. Things that even five years ago, the devil was kind of hiding his cards, but they're all on the table now. The devil's not hiding anything. Amen. He's not trying to disguise anything. He's out. Amen. In the forefront today, he's putting all everything he has on the table. And why is he doing that? Because he's trying to stop the church. Amen. He's trying to dull the urgency that compels the church, that pull within the kingdom of God that says it's time to go. Amen. I would say that being a going church, a church that like the tribe of Dan that we looked at, that is moving beyond its present position. It's reaching beyond its current influence. Amen. And I believe in order to be that kind of church, it requires intentionality. You're not going to grow in Jesus Christ on accident. Amen. You're not going to grow in your faith accidentally. Amen. You're not, we're not accidentally going to reach our world. Amen. We're not going to slip into revival. Amen. We're not going to sit back and wish our way 
into some kind of an impact that leaves its mark on the world today. And that's why I honor your pastor for being intentional in a weekend that is devoted to missions, a weekend that is devoted to reaching out because it's not going to happen on accident. It's going to happen when we come together on Friday night and we say we're going to reach our world. And we come together on Saturday night and we say it again, we're going to reach our world. And then we come together on Sunday morning and we join together and say we're going to reach our world. Amen. And we're going to come back again tonight and we're going to reach our world. Amen. A weekend that is purpose to lift up our eyes for the fields are white unto harvest. And then following this command to go, Jesus tells his disciples that signs will follow them that believe. Have you know to follow something has to be going. You can't follow something stationary. He said, you need to go, and if you will go, the signs will follow you. If you will have faith enough to believe and to go, the signs will follow you. Amen. How many of you love the signs? How many of you love the supernatural work of God? Amen. You love seeing the, the, the addict walk into church and they are delivered by the power of God. Amen. You love it when somebody comes down to the altar and they repent of their sins and supernaturally, amen, God forgives them of their sin and then we put them in water of baptism and again supernaturally sins are washed away amen and they raise their hands and supernaturally they are baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost can I tell you what that is that is a sign that follows faith amen powerful impacting transforming signs I don't, I don't know the story of everybody here but I, I guarantee you there's a lot of you that has some before and after pictures Amen. You have some images of what you were before Jesus Christ. And now you've got some images of what you are after Jesus Christ. We've got a, a man in our church and a, every church has him. Amen. He's, he's radical, but he wasn't always that way. Two years ago when James came to our church. Now James is the guy, if you go to shake his hand, you better go in prepared. If you accidentally shake his hand, you're going to have to go to the doctor the next day and get x-rays done. He's going to crush every bone accidentally. He just accidentally strong. Does he, he comes to give me a high five and I, I, God, please, if you'll just keep me through this, I promise you, I'll serve you all the days of my life. He's just a big fella. Amen. He's a captain of a, of a ship that goes out of the Atlantic Ocean and he'll be gone for two or three weeks at a time. But he came into church and he used to just sit back on that pew and stare at me the whole time I was preaching. I was trying to be bold in the Holy Ghost, but I was scared to death, to be honest. But he'd just sit there and stare at me until one Wednesday night, Brother Helio, our missionary over in the Netherlands, came and preached. And after he got done preaching, Brother James walked up front and said, I want to get baptized. And we baptized that man in the name of Jesus Christ. He came up out of that water speaking in other tongues, and he's never been the same again. Amen. He's never been. The, that's the supernatural. That's the signs that follow faith. Amen. That God will trans. That's why we can have faith today. I don't care what they walk in the back door looking like. They can walk back out different than the way they came in. These signs shall follow them that believe. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He said, you will cast out devils in my name. You will speak with new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do we have faith today that those signs are still at work in the church today? 
There is a group of people today called the cessationists, and they believe that the Spirit of God doesn't work any longer, but I've seen too much. Amen. I've seen God move too many times. You can't tell me that the signs are not still at work because God is doing it even today. A few years ago, a lady in our Hispanic congregation called and asked if we could pray for her mother who lived in Mexico who was on her deathbed. Now, obviously, we, we weren't going to be able to get there. The doctors were giving her less than 24 hours to live, and we weren't going to be able to make the trip to get there, but we, we had technology, and so we uh, called on Skype. That was before Zoom became a thing, and we made that video call, and they put the camera there on that mother, and you could see her on that bed. She was lifeless. You could see the effect of disease had whittled away at her health and she was nothing more than skin and bones. And we began to pray and we prayed for about 10 or 15 minutes and we prayed all the faith we knew how to pray and then the call ended. Amen. But in the middle of the night, that daughter was sleeping. And when she heard the sound, the signal that Skype, a Skype call was coming in and she opened up that Skype call. And when the, when the camera opened up on the other end, mom was not on her deathbed any longer, but she was running around that room declaring, I'm healed. I'm healed. Amen. And can I tell you today, she was in fact healed. These signs shall follow them that believe and they're still happening today. He's still a healer. Amen. He's still a deliverer. Anybody excited that he's still a healer? I know that was, you guys are like, well, that's Skype. That was three years ago. All right. Well, last week, my father preached in Ohio just outside of Cleveland. There was one of those kind of people that I talked about a minute ago in that church. Amen. One of those wild fanatics down front dancing and amen. Every song they sang, she was taking a lap around the church and Amen. Every, every time the preacher said something, she said, amen. 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 I, I'm one of those fanatics too, just in case you're wondering. Amen. Every point the preacher made, she would say it, amen. But after the service, my, my dad went to the pastor and he, the pastor told the story that two weeks ago, that young lady had been uh, on her deathbed. Two weeks before, that, that young lady, amen, had, had, uh, was in her early 30s. She had been in prison, had lived a rough life. Just three weeks before that, had been placed in hospice with stage four thyroid cancer. A young man that she had grown up with and partied with had, had uh, since gone to a Pentecostal church. He was living a, a very messed up lifestyle, but he went into a Pentecostal church. And in that service, God delivered him and he changed his life. And he heard that his friend was in hospice. And so he called her and said, can I have the Pentecostal preacher in your town come and pray for you? She didn't have anything to lose, so she said, all right, have him come and pray. And so about two weeks ago, that Pentecostal preacher walked into that room, and he laid hands on Kelly, and he prayed for her. And he said, Kelly, I'm going to pray for you, he said, but if you're going to get your miracle, you got to cry out and get a hold of God. He left the room, but later that night, Kelly was in pain. Amen. Just hours left to live, according to the doctors, but she lifted up her voice, and she cried out to Jesus. She didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. She'd never heard of it, but she began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Kelly said that she watched the spirit of cancer leave her body and walk out of the door and leave that house. Amen. She's... That night, for the first time in months, she slept with no pain. She woke up the next morning completely restored in her health. Amen. Can I tell you, these signs shall follow them that believe. 
if you need a healing today, I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is in the house and I've got faith and I believe that he can heal. Amen. We love the signs. They're powerful. The signs are transforming. But in order for there to be signs, somebody's got to be moving in faith. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, a chapter that we have affectionately given the title, The Heroes of Faith. We were inspired by great things that God accomplished through seemingly ordinary men and women. But one thing they all had in common before any great work was done through them is there had to be an act of faith. Amen. Before God spared Noah and his family, Noah had to have enough faith to build the ark. By faith, the Bible says Abel offered. Everybody say he offered. Amen. He offered. He made a move in faith and said, I'm going to give a more excellent sacrifice. Amen. By faith, Enoch, the Bible tells us, walked with God. Amen. Somebody shout, he walked. Amen. By faith, Noah built an ark. Do you notice there's a pattern developing that it takes action on your part? James said, faith without works is dead. Amen. There is no sign if you don't have enough faith to move today. But if you have enough faith to move, the signs will follow them that believe. By faith, Hebrews says, Abraham was called to go into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, and he obeyed. How many of you ever been called by God to do something and you maybe didn't obey right when you should have? Uh, amen. But Abraham, the Bible says, God called him and said, Abraham, it's time to leave her. Uh, amen. And it's time to go into a land that I'm going to show you. Uh, and the Bible said that Abraham obeyed and he went out. Uh, by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of of God. And I could go on and on for the sake of time today. I'm going to stop with those examples. But it was when somebody took a step of faith and said, I'm going to offer. I'm going to build. I'm going to walk with God. Amen. I'm going to refuse to be identified with Egypt. That when they made that decision, it opened up the door for the miraculous. It paved the way for the super. How many of you want the supernatural today? How many of you want God to move in this place today? How many of you want God to do something supernatural in your world? Then you've got to go. Amen. You've got to build. You've got to give. You've got to walk. Signs follow faith. I can recall at seven years of age, my father calling our family into the living room that we lived in in Sedona, Arizona. And telling us that we were moving to some place I'd never heard of called Maryland. He had started that church that we were there in Sedona uh, about five years previous. It was a small church, but it was growing. At the same time, he was selling insurance. And the, pre the, the year previous, he had been the top salesman in the agency. Starting to make good money. In fact, I remember earlier that year for the first time, 
We moved out of the trailer that we had lived in my whole life and moved into what in my estimation was a mansion. Probably, it probably was not really all that much, but you know, as a child, things appear much greater than they are. And I, it just seemed to me like this extravagant house, but the biggest thing is there was a yard that we could go out and play in just this huge yard. Hey man, things were going well. He had gone to an insurance convention where he had been celebrated for his success and they gave him an award and the, they told him your pathway to riches and success is paid. All you got to do is just keep walking down this path. And my dad said that night he went back to his room and God began to deal with him. And God spoke to him and said, you've got a choice to make. You can go down this path of riches and success or you can go. You see, God had been dealing with his heart about going back. He had been stationed years before in the Navy in Patuxent River, Maryland. And God had been dealing with him about going and starting a church there. But he was wrestling with that because now the path was lined up for riches and success. But God spoke to him in that room and said, you can either go down that path of riches and success. And if you do, you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose the things that are close to you, or you can go to Maryland and you can plant a church there. Amen. Can I tell you, I'm thankful that my dad made the decision, amen, 45 years ago to go. And somebody here today, God is saying, you've got a choice to make. Amen. If you want the science to follow you, you've got to get up and you've got to go. Three months later, we were in a U-Haul driving 2,200 and some miles from the desert of Arizona to the marshes of the Chesapeake Bay. But can I tell you, signs follow faith. You cannot take a step of faith and something not happen. Amen. You cannot take a step of faith and God not back you up with some sort of a supernatural sign. I can remember the early days of that home missions church. Amen. Uh, a house that we lived in on Janet Lane in Lexington Park. And I now today am the pastor of that church. It's now an established church. But at the time, it was the, the church membership consisted of dad, mom, me, and my three siblings. And one guy, one young man that moved with us named Pete. Pete was uh, there to help us out. And I can remember that our sanctuary, our Sunday school room, the foyer, all of that was in one room. It was called our living room. That was the entire church. It was our living room. And I could recall my dad would get up there and he would preach hellfire and brimstone. And we're like, dad, it's just us. I mean, have we really been that bad of sinners? But he would preach like there was 300 in the building. Amen. And, and I recall that my dad would get up every morning and he would go start that Pinto, that Pinto station wagon and he would drive into a community and he would get out of the car and he would knock on door after door asking them if they wanted the Bible study. And, and here, let me tell you, signs follow those that believe. Amen. Signs follow faith. One day he got out in Spring Valley community and he began to walk up the sidewalk toward the door. And before he could get to the door and even knock on the door, the door opened up and a man stepped out and said, Jerry State, and this was only two weeks after we moved there. We didn't know anybody. And that man opened the door and said, Jerry State, and we don't want you or your family here. You need to go pack your bags, put it back in your car, and go back where you came from. Pete, the young man that had moved with us, his jaw was hanging down. He's like, how did you know that guy? How did he know you? My dad said, we don't know each other. The devil just confirmed I'm right where I need to be. Amen. Because signs follow faith. Amen. How many of you know if you'll start doing something for God, the enemy is going to fear what you're about to do. The enemy is going to fear what you're about to become. Signs. Well, I want the supernatural. Then you've got to step out in faith. 
Well, I need God to deliver me. Then you've got to step out in faith. I need God to do a miracle in my life. Then you've got to move out in faith because signs follow faith. Before long, my dad was teaching six and seven Bible studies a week, which is not a lot for, at one point in time, just a few years ago when he had uh, started a church in DC, he was teaching 20 home Bible studies a week. The church, that may not, that's a lot, by the way, just if you didn't know, that's a lot of Bible studies. The church, after just a few months, that church that we had started, he had started and preached hellfire and brimstone at us, but the church began to outgrow the living room. So we moved into another house and The basement of that house became the church and the church grew to 30 and then to 40 and then to 50 and the basement was crowded to overflowing. How many of you believe that signs follow faith? Amen. The church was growing, but now we had a problem. We didn't have any room to grow to. My dad had been to a conference where the... um, At the time, it was the home missions director, Brother Jack Yance, had shared the idea for new church planters or uh, people that were starting churches to get a business card. And he said, on that business card, you want to put your name and your phone number and tell them you're a pastor and somewhere on there, you know, just uh, call me if you want a free home Bible study. And so my dad started going into businesses and giving business owners his business card. And, And he walked into the Ford dealership just down the street from where we lived. And he walked in, amen, a kind old man named... Mr. Aldridge and he said uh, you know he introduced himself gave the business card to Mr. Aldridge and Mr. Aldridge after a short conversation said preacher if I can do anything to help you you just let me know well a few weeks later my dad was walking through uh, community Patuxent homes and there was a big building there on the corner that was vacant it was an old CMP telephone building that had been vacated they had switchboards and different things in there and the sign in the window said owned by the Aldridge family Amen. We were packed out in that little basement. Amen. It was so packed. My dad would stand outside on the patio and preach to everybody else inside. Amen. So my dad went back into that building. He said, Mr. Aldridge, you said if I ever needed anything to come and see you. He said, so I'm here to talk to you about that building over there on Midway Drive. And and Mr. Aldridge looked back at him. He said, preacher, you think you can do something with that building? My dad said, I think I can. He took the keys out of the desk and threw him the keys and said, go see what you can do with it. We'll worry about the money later. Signs follow faith. Amen. These signs shall follow. Amen. It doesn't happen because of a certain last name. It happens because of faith. I believe today that God wants to bless families in this place. God wants to bless this congregation, but signs follow faith. Christmas for Christ gave our church $10,000 to make the down payment. And for the next 30 years, that building would be the home of our church. Signs follow faith. To one, at one point in time, that church in that building that really only seated about uh, at the most 200, we had 300 people back, packed in there because signs follow faith. Hallelujah. Can we just thank God right now? I believe there are supernatural miracles in this place. I believe there are supernatural miracles in this place. It doesn't mean God is going to call you to go and start a church in some city. Amen. It may just be that God is saying, I need an able here today that will give an excellent offering unto me that I can use. Hallelujah. Amen. And all my stories aren't just about my dad. I mean, I could go on all day. But I had started pastoring uh, that church, so about, uh, let's see, 16 years ago now, he, and my dad's very spontaneous. 
right? Um, yeah, we, we don't, when my dad was pastor, we didn't plan out what songs we were going to sing. He'd just walk up and say, give me the key of whatever, and he'd just start singing. That's how worship service went. I'm going to say it was good, bad. It was just the way it was. And we had great church that way. Very spontaneous, so spontaneous that he walked in one day. I was uh, serving. There was the co-pastor just doing everything I could to help him. And he said, son, I'm going to Washington, D.C., and I'm going to start a church there. You're the pastor. And I thought, okay, what's the process going to look like? He said, that, that was the process. And literally, that was the process. One week later, he was gone, and I was pastoring the church. Amen. And he, he just like, you know, you throw your kid in the deep end and say, I hope you know how to swim. It wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm not trying to, my, my dad's been a great support to me, but it was very quickly he transitioned to D.C., and so in, in the year 2009, I had been pastoring for just a couple of years. And if you remember kind of the history around that time, our nation was going through a recession. Amen. And God started dealing with me about starting a building campaign. We didn't, we didn't have any money in savings. We didn't have really any money at all. We were kind of just living paycheck to paycheck as a church. And the, the building was packed out. Like I said, we could seat about 200 if the fire marshal in, he probably would have walked in. We probably would have been shut down at 200. But we were packing in up to 300 every service. And we had one little air conditioning unit. Amen. And I don't even know if you need those in Minnesota. Judging by today, you don't need them. I'm, I'm sure it gets warm in the summer. When one little AC unit. And about 15 minutes into a Pentecostal service, that AC unit said, I give up. Not just some services, every service. And it was just a block, block walls, and man, we'd be dripping buckets of sweat. If we knew who the worshipers were. If you weren't a worshiper, you weren't sweating. <laughs> Amen. And, and we, we knew that we needed to build, and God spoke to me in the middle of a recession that it's time to start a building campaign. Every friend I talked to said it's not the right time. I probably should have listened. Every, I even called campaign groups and said, will you come in and start this campaign for me? Now, here's the important part. God spoke to me in prayer and said, it's time. I called the campaign company willing to pay them. And they said, we won't do it. Now's not the right time to do a capital campaign. I know everybody else was saying no, but God was saying go. And so in the middle of a recession, we launched the campaign. Amen. In the middle of that. So uh, the amount that was committed to be given over three years by our church was about eight hundred thousand dollars over a three-year period of time. And about one year into their giving, we, had, we planted an involuntary daughter work, which is code for church split, right? Somebody decided we needed a daughter work that I wasn't aware of. So we, we started another church. We had a church split right in the middle of that. Uh, by this time, we had started renting out an elementary school and we were having church there and the church was running over 350 when we started that involuntary daughter work. Amen. And, and it seemed like overnight we went from over 300 to about 180 on Sunday morning. So in the middle of a recession, in the middle of a church split, and here we are and God is saying go. But signs follow faith. Signs don't follow common sense. Signs don't follow what you think is the right answer. Signs follow faith. When God says go and you go, I promise you God will back you up. So during that three-year campaign, we had about $300,000 come in, and we put that in the savings account, and we would just pray over it. About eight years later, we went and looked at a little five-acre piece of land. It was a great location, but the price for five acres was $3.1 million. The average price 
for a decent acre of land in our community at that time was about $250,000. And so with our little $300,000 in the bank, well, we decided not to make an offer on that 3.1 million piece of property. But a few months later, that real estate agent that had called me about that land called me and said, Pastor, I need you to meet me at an address. And so I, he said, I've got something you might be interested in. So I drove over there on a Thursday morning and I pulled into this little cul-de-sac and I was pointed nothing but woods all around me. And so the, the real estate agent gets out and, he, and you know, I'm looking at it and it, it, it seems like a lot of land. So I asked him, how much land is this? And he says, it's 40 acres right on the main road in our community. And I'm doing math in my head. I'm going five acres is 3.1 million times eight. That's a lot of money. As I'm, why did you have me come out here and meet you? In my head, I'm doing the math and this ain't gonna work. But he said, five years ago, this land was selling for $10 million. He said, 10 years ago, somebody put an offer on it and they were gonna turn, already had all the plans of turning into a house division, housing subdivision and the plans fell through, amen. And then he said, after that, the economy started going downhill. So gradually they've been being the, bringing the price down. In fact, I found out later that the same month that our family pulled into the community back in 1982 is the same month that the guy who owned the land had bought it. I believe he was just holding it for us. The real estate agent said last week they marked 40 acres down to $200,000. Not for one acre, for all 40 acres. And he said, and they're receiving offers right now. There were already eight offers. We were the ninth offer. But the next Tuesday afternoon, I got an email saying they accepted your offer. The only way that we could do it, though, is we had to have the money on hand. Can I tell you, back in 2009, God said, get ready. You're preparing for a miracle that's eight years in the making because signs follow faith. Amen. Can we rejoice today? Amen. Because God is a miracle-working God. I tell people today that we, uh, we got 40 acres of 200,000, and they literally, I've been accused of being a liar. I promise you, I'm not embellishing at all. I promise you, we got it for $200,000, 48, unheard of it where we live at today. A month later, a friend of mine who was a business owner that I had met years before called me up and said, I need you to come to my office. I walked in and he slid a check for $200,000 across the table at me and said, you guys need to get busy building that new building. Uh, amen. Next month, we celebrate our five-year anniversary in our new church. Uh, amen. I came today to tell somebody, signs follow faith. Can we rejoice today? God wants to do a miracle in this house today. God wants to do something supernatural in this building today. He can raise the dead off of their deathbed. He can produce miracles where there seems to be no way. And signs follow faith. I wonder how many of you have enough faith today to raise your hands. Come on, how many of you have enough faith? I, I didn't say how many of you are old enough. I said how many of you have enough faith? This isn't some group of people that have the corner on the market of faith, amen? Amen, David was just a lad when he said, I believe the giant can be brought down. How many of you have enough faith today to raise your hands and say, I believe that God can do a supernatural work in me? Come on, God wants to put a go in somebody's spirit today. God wants to speak to somebody like that tribe of Dan that would say, I've been staying in this place of stagnation for too long. It's time to go. Amen. God wants to put it in somebody's spirit like he did Abel. Amen. That I've got to give God a more excellent sacrifice. 
All I've ever known, all I've ever seen is that when God says go, you go. You don't ask questions, you just go. 16 years ago, my dad left an established church to go and start another church in Washington, D.C. Today, if you walk into that church in Washington, D.C., over 40 languages are being spoken in that church every Sunday. I don't know. That gets me excited. That's God doing a miracle. And he promised that he's going to do a miracle in every tribe, in every nation, in every race. And it's happening right now in Washington, D.C. Why? Because somebody went when God said, go. Signs follow faith. 14 years ago, my brother left an IT position with the government, making pretty good money as a 24-year-old young man. But God said go, and he left that and went to the Republic of Georgia as a missionary. Why? Because God said go. Right now, my oldest daughter is over in the nation of Greece working with the missionary there. Why? Because God said go. I'm not preaching to you something that's theory, something I read about. I'm preaching to you something today that I'm living and something that I've watched be lived out. And what I know is that God will not leave you if you will go when God says go. There's a go in this building. Do you feel that go? I mean, I feel it, man. I walked in this building today. It felt like a, amen, a, the, 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 the engine of some souped up car was revving in this place. I feel a go in this house today. I don't know what, I don't know what God's about to do, but there's a go in this building. Amen. There's a go in the spirit of this church. Amen. There's a go in some young men here today that want to do a work for God. There's a go in some families. There's a go in some elders in this place. Amen. Don't disqualify yourself because you think you're too old. Amen. Caleb said, give me my mountain at 80 years old. And God said, go. And he took his mountain. Hallelujah. It may not be go to another country, but there is a call to action. It may simply be an able offering. It may be Moses who is being called today to make a choice. But I'm, not, I'm refusing Egypt and I'm going to choose to suffer if that's what it takes to be with the people. I mean, you got to make that choice. But I promise you that if you will go, signs will follow faith. It may be an Enoch that is here today and God is saying, come on, it's time to walk with me. You've been doing your own thing long enough, Enoch, and God is saying, come on, it's time to go. It's time to walk with God. But signs follow faith. One last very simple story. This one's not as exciting, at least to me. I get excited just telling these stories because I remember. I remember being in the middle of not knowing how we're going to do it. And God showing up. I mean, when you tell the story to others, they may not understand just how impossible it looked. But we had no way of getting land. We had no way of building a building. It was impossible. But God stepped in because we did what God asked us to do. And God moved in a supernatural way. Very, very simple illustration that I'd end with this morning. Early in our marriage, my wife and I, we were struggling financially. I think we still are today. But anyway, we we, we really were then. I, mean, different, I think you always struggle with different levels of struggle. There's like mac and cheese struggle and this Burger King struggle. Amen. Then maybe you get to IHOP struggle and then you get to the steakhouse struggle. But you know, you're, anyway, early in our marriage when we were at macaroni and cheese struggle, ramen noodle struggle, I was working in kind of an entry level position and supporting the military, very low income. And a missionary came through and asked us to give a sacrificial offering to support the work. 
And we didn't have $5 of funds that weren't designated towards some bill, let alone $50. But I knew God spoke to me and said, give $500. And I tried to ignore it. So I'm just take that zero off the back and put it on the front. So I went over to my wife and she was praying. I said, what did God speak to you? She said, $500. Well, I can't ignore it now. It's already out there. And so we did. We wrote a check for $500 and we put it, amen, knowing that it was probably going to bounce. But we said, God, we're going we're gonna to have faith. Amen. Somehow, some way, we'll, we'll, make it, we'll, we'll make that money be there when it needs to be there. Amen. Church ended and we were standing there still in kind of the aftershock of what did you, trying to see if we could uh, catch the ushers before they made the deposit. <laughs> amen. When this little old lady in the church walked over and put a card in my hand and I opened up the card and, and this, you know, one of those sweet ladies always just giving us cards that said how much she appreciated us. There wasn't ever much in there, but after you give an offering like that, you open the card and shake it just in case. <laughs> and I opened that card up and when I did, five $100 bills were inside of that. Amen. Can I tell you, God was confirming me at a young age. Amen. That if you'll have faith enough to believe, amen, if you'll have faith enough to go, these signs shall follow them that believe. Can we stand in this house today? Listen, the supernatural doesn't come because you want it to. The supernatural come because you believe. Signs don't happen because you're Pentecostal. Signs happen because you believe. Amen. Signs don't follow you because you're related to the preacher. Signs follow you because you have faith. I wonder, can we raise our hands all around this room today? There's a go in this house. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's a go in this house. Somebody, God is dealing with you right now about going. There's somebody that's like the tribe of Dan and you've been a place of stagnation. You know the place that you're in spiritually right now that God has more for you, but you've been standing in that same place. God wants to put a go in your spirit. Signs follow faith. Oh Lord, I pray right now in the Holy Ghost. I pray that the spirit of God Lord, that same spirit of God that whispered in the ear of Abraham. I said, Abraham, it's time to leave behind everything comfortable. It's time to leave dad's house and it's time to follow me into a land. Amen. I'm going to show it to you, Abraham. You'll know it when you get there, Abraham. Amen. But you got to leave everything comfortable. That same voice of God that whispered in the ear of Abel and said, Abel, you can't just give what Cain is giving. You got to give a more excellent sacrifice. Amen. Abel, this one's going to hurt a little bit, but you've got to give if you got to give in faith. And I feel that in the spirit right now that God, you're whispering in ears around this room. God, you're dealing with the hearts of men and women today and you're saying, come on, if you'll go. Come on, if you'll go, if you'll get a go in your spirit, signs, follow faith, amen. Can we pray in this house together? I'm gonna turn it back to your pastor to conclude, amen. I know this is a special faith promise service, but I wonder, can we pray in the, and I want you to ask God, God, what is the go? God, what do you, what do you want me to do? I promise it's not isolated to a few people. Everybody in this building, God has a go for you. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to pray? God, where do you want me to walk? What do you want me to leave? God, where, what is it that you're asking of me? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.